have your sports curiosity cured. Dowdy in behind the net. This is going to be turned over right to Greenway with a shot. Scores! Jordan straight down the Greenway gets the Sabres a 2 nothing lead with 3-0 veteran of the sports reporting game for over 25 years. Blocked by Dino. Defense, offense. Behind the back. LBJ, how about that? Breaking down Edmonton's favorite teams. In my opinion, allowed his team to stabilize. Here's McDavid. Beautiful scandal. Running Detroit right out of the building. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carrius Show. Soul 113, February the 15th, halfway through the month already. Leapier, I guess, say 29 days this year. Going to be wild. Extra day to do something in this month. Good morning. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in to Sports 1440, Kevin Carey Show. Um, on your drive into work on the AM radio dial or streaming on iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app. Of course, we got you covered on sports1440.ca. And if you miss any part of the show in the next four hours or so, you can catch up by searching the Kevin Carey Show on Apple Podcasts. You can go to Spotify. We've got you covered on Google podcast or even amazon and then uh, be sure to uh, subscribe select that auto download so you never have to miss a second of the show uh thanks again for checking in on a thursday morning it's game day for the oilers as they embark on a little three-game road trip starting tonight in st louis then it's off to dallas and then arizona those last two games are afternoon games and the monday game in arizona that's on family day here president's day in the united states and just a reminder to all our great listeners that we will be off on family day so you can just uh, put your feet up enjoy some time with your family watch the oilers in the afternoon and um, you know just take advantage of a Nice long weekend. Weather's supposed to be fantastic. Uh, minus 10 right now, uh, looking at a high of minus 6 for today. And then on the weekend, as we get into Friday, Saturday, Sunday, things are shaping up nicely. Uh, Oilers in St. Louis tonight. Oilers come in with a record of 31-17-1. St. Louis 28-22-2. And uh, the Blues dropped that stinker in Toronto the other night when the Leafs obviously had Morgan Riley out for game one of his five-game suspension. Also... Mitch Mitch Marner and John Tavares did not play as they were ill in the morning, sent home, so had to make some adjustments. And uh, man, they made they made some adjustments, and the Leafs won by a score of four to one. And it was a big night that we talked about yesterday for a local product. Bobby McMahon from Wainwright picked up three goals, first career hat trick, last one into an empty net, and. Uh, it was a proud moment for everybody in Wainwright, former uh, Bonneville Pontiac. So uh, there's a guy, we were talking about it yesterday, just uh, persevered, persevered. And now 27 years old, uh, in and out of the lineup, down on the farm and the Marlies and made a name for himself uh, with a hat trick in Toronto. And that was a big, big night. Obviously his biggest and most, uh, you know, proud moment in the NHL for sure. Shoot us off a text, one 401 1440 We're going to talk a little bit about 
about the power play in, off the top here in the sense that, you know, the Oilers now have the third-ranked power play in the league at 26.4%. St. Louis, way down, 16.9%, 23rd. And the Oilers' power play has been... Well, didn't get any chances the other day. You can't say anything about it. So they had eight even strength goals against Detroit. But right now, Oilers ranked third, only behind Tampa Bay and Carolina. Toronto's ranked fourth. So Tampa Bay's 30.7, Carolina's 27.5, and Edmonton's uh, 26.4. Now, power play stats can be, I guess, kind of misleading at times because you can look at power play time on the ice. And if you score in the first 15, 20 seconds or off the draw, obviously your your power play stats go up, your power play time on the ice goes down. Power play opportunities are a little bit kind of different in that sense as well because sometimes you might have a power play, you take uh, or you're on the penalty kill, the other team takes a penalty. So your times are skewed a little bit. But power play opportunities, I always kind of look at those and go, if you have the puck all the time, you should be, or more than the other team, the opposition, you should probably garner a few more penalties. So when you look at power play opportunities, the Oilers and the Toronto Maple Leafs are near the bottom of the league. Colorado had, so far to date, 199 power play opportunities. The Oilers are way down... At 148, that that's that's one per game, one per game. Leafs are in the same boat at 145. So you look at those two teams and you kind of go, you know, Toronto has a puck a lot. I mean, Matthews has it, Marner has it, Nylander has it. The Oilers have the puck a lot. Are they getting an, are they getting enough calls? Are they drawing enough calls? Are they getting uh, you know, a little more ticky-tack call than maybe some of the other teams that are getting. Are the Oilers not getting those? Kind of elusive, elusive stats. Uh, Zach Hyman comes in tonight's game with 32 goals. His career high, 36 goals. The other night, we all talked about it. Connor McDavid had six assists. And on this day in history, Duke, guess what happened on this day? In history, as we go back into the, the annals in 1980, Wayne Gretzky tied the NHL record with seven assists in a game. It was against the Washington Capitals at Northlands Coliseum. Seven helpers for Gretz. And look at that. Connor McDavid had six the other night. How, how can the moons align here, Duke, and just come into play? Connor had six. Gretz had seven. Something in the of air days this apart. time of year. Something just, in the air. It's unbelievable. I wonder what the weather was like at that time. Was it as nice? Maybe it's uh, something about the the early spring temps in mid February. Uh, I don't know. You're a little uh, little tuckered out today after a big game for the uh, Tropicana Orangemen. Well, I don't know about a big game because it sure didn't end up that way. Fourteen oh. total skaters between the two teams last night at uh, Kinex Arena in St. Albert. So oh, the uh, the twin went to the Jerome again yeah. Arena. Eight skaters for the tropics, six for our opponents, and uh, man, six guys they had, pretty good. <laughs> the six guys they had, and you guys didn't come out on the winning end. What? You no, had, no, oh. yeah, like it was, it was a, it was a not a great game. It was. It, I'll say this, Kevin, probably one of the worst hockey games I've ever been a part of. Really, with that few guys, because like the other, the other teams, their entire thing was just 
uh, float like two or three guys out in the neutrals and just like we were terrible. Well, but you gotta if you're the D man, you gotta kind of slide back. No? You would think, right? Uh, we failed to make some adjustments throughout the course of the entire. Man, that has to be a concern for you. Gameplay, I guess. Oh, oh, very. But uh, yeah, so two straight losses for the Tropics after a nice little five-game heater. So we're we're on our heels, but we got a nice ten days off before we're back. What at is it? it the All-Star Pro- break? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> are you going? Where's Where's the All-Star game? Are you? Are you <laughs> oh, I but I didn't make no cut. Could no you All-Star. imagine the Duke on the All-Star break? Sorry, I can't come in. I got I got the uh, what's the name of the league? Or what is it? Uh, the CCRHL. Okay, got the All-Star break. Wow. Last night in the NHL, Florida continues to roll. Pittsburgh struggling. 5-2 Panthers over the Penguins. The Jets beat the Sharks 1-0. Connor Hellebuck, a whopping 17 saves for the goose egg. And now Minnesota starting to kind of come on a little bit. And Arizona kind of doing what we all thought Arizona would do. Wild over the Coyotes by a score of 3-1. So Minnesota... You know, challenging, challenging now for, you know, a wild card spot. Pittsburgh floundering, just floundering, losers of three straight. You know, there isn't a team in that whole, in the whole wild card race right now that is making a push, except for, and they're probably just a little too far back, Ottawa Senators. Ottawa's won four in a row. They're seven, one, and two. The Senators are in their last 10 games. Everyone else in the entire going after, basically, you know, chasing New Jersey and, and Detroit, everyone else, way under, way under 500. Minnesota, as we mentioned, uh, kind of turning it up a little bit. Minnesota now making a little bit of no- noise. Winners of four straight. The Wild with 55 points. St. Louis in L.A., deadlocked at 58 points the number one and two wild card spots in the western conference standings the blues do have uh 52 games the kings have played 50 so a couple games in hand for la and nashville kind of just sitting there too the preds had their little run and now kind of just sort of just treading water just treading water oilers uh, with 63 points five back of vegas in the uh, Western Conference standings in the Pacific Division, and the Oilers do have four games in hand. There's a busy, busy schedule of games tonight and some key matchups as far as uh, the Western Conference standings go. Detroit's in Vancouver, uh, and San Jose's in Calgary, and then uh, the LA Kings, after getting pumped in Buffalo, go to New Jersey to take on the Devils. Uh, NBA last night. Indy wins at 127-125 over the Raptors in Toronto. Pascal Siakam had 23 points in his return to Toronto. Sold-out crowd, 19,800 to watch the return of Pascal Siakam. He had 23 points. Scotty Barnes had 29 points for the Raptors, but uh, just uh, not deep enough yet, still building. And Indy, even after the trade, still kind of not sure exactly where they fit into the Eastern Conference uh, playoff picture. Big show coming up today, and I'm kind of. Are you jealous? Are you uh, of of Mike Wilner and all these guys that get to go down to spring training? Duke, like we're Mike Wilner for the Toronto Blue Jays covers the Jays on a couple of a uh, couple of fronts. He so he's in, got to Florida yesterday. Pitchers and catchers arrive either some did yesterday, some today, maybe a little bit tomorrow. Yeah, you uh, could color me jealous. Yeah. I think. I mean, I've never been to Florida. 
I don't think I would agree with it year round because it gets <sighs> so hot and I'm not a, a heat guy. But at this time of year, and you're just kind of hanging out, watching some guys, uh, you know, but it's th- throw throw it around, play some catch, and you're just. Uh, I think to cover something like I mean. Not necessarily going to Florida or even, you know, in the Cactus League in the Arizona with mm-hmm. all the teams there. But I think to go down there and cover spring training would be a, because it's, you know, it's like, you know, you got two, three weeks here, yeah. you know, a little more even. If, if, if your company allows you to be down there for a month. You're you're getting a nice accommodation. And, and especially now, like with the new facilities in um, Dunedin. In Dunedin, like. Yeah. I, I obviously the majority of the upgrades are to benefit the players and the staff, but you don't think that the 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 writers and the press and stuff kind of reap some of those rewards as well in terms of the the where you're whether it be in the locker rooms uh, talking to players they, yeah. the the press press buffet I guess I, like I don't know <laughs> right but seems like a pretty uh, pretty sweet deal. It, it's a sweet gig. I don't know really anyone personally that has done it for that. Um, you know, extended period of time. Except Speck, Speck. on his uh, West Coast road trip, dropping it at all the camps and checking in with the big names. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Hey, Barry, got a sec? Who, Edmonton. Who, who are you? Edmonton. You, I got to give you credit, he said to Speck. I got to give you credit for asking. Uh, all the reporters turned in their heads. Who is this guy? Um, busy show, yes, coming up uh, in the next four hours. We'll have Mike Wilner from the Toronto Star and the deep left field podcast so pitchers catchers reporting you know a little ways away until uh, uh, a lot of other players report but uh, the general consensus is for the Toronto Blue Jays is that Vladimir Guerrero has been working out extremely hard uh, had the biggest arbitration case in Major League history for the Jays and I mean he's his numbers have fallen off and it's going to be an interesting conversation with Mike to see exactly where Vladimir Guerrero is. And, you know, sometimes there's, you know, there's a little animosity. Sometimes there is when you have an ARB case, but we'll see what happens there. Mark Spector and Frank Saravalli will be our uh, double barrel shotgun hockey insiders at eight o'clock and eight 20. And uh, we'll have our ski report. Also, uh, Jeremy Rutherford from the athletic covers the St. Louis blues. And we'll talk a little more about uh, tonight's game with the blues and the Oilers. And then really excited at 10 o'clock. And I think Oiler fans would be, uh, if you, if you love a little bit of oil, history in in the sense of where the franchise was and how it got started in the in the WHA days and moving up to uh, moving to the National Hockey League this is going to be an exciting guest in studio Al Hamilton the first ever oiler to have his uh, number retired the number three hanging in the rafters I've got a great story about that it's not very great for me, but a uh, great story coming up at 10 o'clock, Al Hamilton. And, of course, Ladislav Schmid will be with us co-hosting at 8 o'clock, 8 to 10. Laddie will be here in about, oh, 45 minutes or so. When we come back, Mike Wilner, the Toronto Star Deep Left Field podcast. We'll talk a little Blue Jays baseball when we come back on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now to elevate your game. Brought to you by Ram Elevators and Lifts, Forbes' best-rated residential elevators manufactured right here in Edmonton. Visit TrustRam.com for more information as we welcome in Mike Wilner from the Toronto Star and Deep Left Field Podcast. Back to the program. Mike, good morning. You're on Sports 1440 with Kevin Carius and safe and sound in Florida. And I, I, I have to be honest with you, every time... 
we kind of get going at the beginning of the year. I'm so jealous of you, Mike. When you get down there, you know, it's the beginning of the year. Uh, what's it feel like, I guess, just to, to start things off at, at spring training with pitchers and catchers reporting? Yeah, it's kind of nice, you know. It, it, uh, this is the first time I've ever been here for the actual opening of camp. I've, I've generally, you know, last <laughs> 25 years or so have come down um, – around the time when the the games start um so like a week and a half later than this uh but to be here on the day the pitchers and catchers report on the day that everything gets going it's uh it's really cool i mean it's all the poetic and romantic stuff about baseball and renewal and springtime and you know i know it's uh, i'm I'm sure pretty awful weather-wise where you are in edmonton i know it's snowing in toronto today um and it's it's great to be down here it's not exactly you know, summertime, it's it's cool and, and it's about 16 degrees, but I'm not complaining. Mm-hmm. Again, very, very jealous of you, Mike. There's so many storylines going into spring training with the Blue Jays. Um, I, I don't know if I can say, is there a number one storyline for you, but what are a couple of them for you? I think the number one storyline is probably Alec Manoa and what's going to happen with him. I mean, this is the guy who finished third in Cy Young voting, in 2022 and was uh, an absolute zero for the team last year uh probably hurt more than he helped and you know had he been uh, anywhere close to what he'd been in the past you would think that the blue jays would have won close to 100 games but um with with the contributions that manoa made and the injury and then the controversy was he hurt was he not hurt what was going on there in august and september um, everybody's talking about him like he's going to be part of the rotation, like he's uh, fixed what needed to be fixed over the off season. Um, you know, that's that's going to be interesting to see. Some other big stories are Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who I haven't seen yet, uh, but Alejandro Kirk is here and is in uh, much better shape, it looks like. And, um, you know, this team needs to bounce back offensively almost uh, uh, to a man. Uh, they had disappointing offensive seasons and they they didn't really improve the offense over the off season. So lots of stuff going on down here. Mike Wilner, Toronto star, deep left field podcaster, guest on the Kevin Carey show on sports 1440 uh, with Vladimir Guerrero and the ARB case where he picked up about another uh, 1.85 million bucks or so. Can there, can there be any, I don't know, not, not a rift or animosity or anything like that between the two sides? Sometimes it happens when arbitration's involved. It's, in, it's incredibly rare these days. I know that a lot of people like to talk about, you know, hurt feelings during the arbitration process. I know Blue Jays fans of, of a certain age, and that definitely includes me. Remember Damaso Garcia in the 1980s uh, getting furious about what happened at arbitration and burning his uniform in the Oakland uh, shower a couple of months later and uh, all the bad blood that there used to be. But really what arbitration is now is between accountants. And, and, you know, I don't think Vlad was even at the hearing. It's basically one side is saying, well, this is what people with this service time and this numbers made. And the other side is saying, yeah, but this is what these people with this mm-hmm. service time and these numbers made, and that's what they should made. It, it, it's, it's a completely dispassionate um, uh, experience. And I know that it's, you know, it's fodder uh, for people to say, oh, feelings are going to get hurt. There's going to be bad blood. There's going to be a rift. 
look, Marcus Stroman is the last Blue Jay who got upset about going to arbitration. And that happened before the 2019 season. And by May of 2019, he was trying to get a long-term contract out of the Blue Jays. So mm-hmm. there's there's really no there there. Justin Turner signs with the Blue Jays, Mike. Uh, yeah, and a lot of people were, I don't know if they were kind of on the fence about the signing. I kind of liked it in the sense of his stats were pretty good last year. And when you matched him up to a lot of the Blue Jays hitters, he was near or at the top of many categories. How much do you think he still has left in the tank and can offer next year? Yeah, there's there's really nothing not to like about Justin Turner and, and the signing of, of Turner to come here and help this team, whether it's at DH or third base or first base. Um, what's not to like is that that's, that's it, right? You, you would hope that you're going to add Justin Turner and you're going to add around him as well. Um, the Blue Jays really don't, you know, they didn't improve the outfield offense at all, and we all thought they were going to. Um, don't know if it's an improvement at DH to have Turner over Brandon Belt, although Turner will probably be available a lot more than Belt was. Um, this is a guy who generally posts 140 plus times a year, mm-hmm. uh, but they didn't augment around. They don't have a third baseman right now, you know. So um, I, I there's no reason to believe he doesn't have as much left in the tank this year as he had last year for Boston. Uh, he's produced offensively wherever he's been over the course of his entire career since he kind of found it in his uh, late 20s, early 30s. Um, so he's going to be good, but is he going to provide the thump they need? Maybe not. Is he going to, um, you know, the, the thing I like about Justin Turner as a hitter is that he, if you look at his, like, I, I don't believe in um, clutch, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe that that you can will yourself to be better in big situations or anything like that. If that would happen, if that was true, then there would be hitters who hit like, 400 or 500 for their careers in in those big situations that never happened. Um, But what I do believe is that there are people who shrink away uh, or who can let the pressure get to them. And Justin Turner is not one of those people. If you look at Justin Turner's numbers in the playoffs, if you look at more importantly, his at bats in the playoffs, they're still really, really good. And he, he is going to battle uh, in the biggest spots, which is exactly what you want from a hitter, and it's exactly what the Blue Jays did not get in the playoffs last year and too often during the season last year. Mike Wilner with us on Sports 1440. Jays catchers and pitchers reporting to spring training, and that's a great time of the year. And, uh, you know, you say you did say, Mike, about third base, and you hear still reports about the possibility of a Matt Chapman deal, and uh, maybe he might surface in San Fran as well. But w- where are the Jays, do you think, still with with Matt Chapman? Or is it it's, it's not going to happen? No, I don't think we're at it's not going to happen. I think it's interesting to see um, how long Matt Chapman lets this go, you know, and and Cody Bellinger as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple of Scott Boris clients who are still out there, still without teams, and spring training's open now. And, you know, position players are going to report early next week. So um, time's ticking away, and and Boris does love to – wait till the last second if he doesn't get exactly what he wants and, and he generally winds up getting people exactly what they want so there's reason for the players to trust him but there are also reasons for the players to say uh, 
you know, I'd like to lease a house somewhere. <laughs> I, you know, I like to find out where I'm going to be playing and, and I want to get to spring training. So I wonder if there's going to be pressure on Boris from the players to make a deal. And if Matt Chapman wants a pillow contract and to go back out into free agency next year after what one would assume would be a better year and not have a qualifying offer attached to him like he does now, um, then, yeah, the door's open for, for Chapman to come back. Uh, if Cody Bell- Bellinger feels like he's not getting the multi-year offers he wants because teams are a little shy given the fact that the three years before last year were so awful – um, and then last year was really, really good, then maybe he takes a short-term deal with maybe some high value. And the Blue Jays could very well be interested in both of them. I, I would be surprised, obviously, if Bellinger and Chapman both wound up here. Mm-hmm. But they're certainly on the market, and the Blue Jays are certainly very much in win-now mode. So um, I, I'm not sure I expect the team to look like this uh, when things get going for real at the end of March. Hmm. Mike Wilner, Toronto Star, deep left field podcaster, guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. With belt out, Turner in, is there any concern, you know, uh, with a heavy right-handed uh, starting nine, Mike? I think if you can hit, you can hit. And, and, and I don't know that the Blue Jays are um, – platoon deficient, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, Danny Jansen, um, George Springer, Alejandro Kirk, Justin Turner haven't been historically weaker against right-handed pitching. Um, so I don't think it's that much of a concern. I think you're going to see more from Dalton Varsho this year, much more from Dalton Varsho this year. And I think you're going to see much more from Kevin Biggio, who was one of the Blue Jays' best hitters from like June 1st on last year. You know, ideally, you'd love to have five left-handed hitters or, or six uh, playing against right-handers. Mm-hmm. The Blue Jays really haven't been in a position to be that for a very long time, but they'll have three. And, you know, Bellinger comes over, they'll have four. Um, but, uh, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's as, as big an issue as, as it could be made out to be. Always want to have the platoon advantage, but I'd rather have a strong right-handed hitter than a guy in the lineup just because he bats left. Mm-hmm. Mike, what would you, how would you categorize uh, newly signed Yariel Rodriguez? Is he a wild card? Is he a guy that can come in and step in and contribute immediately? Where do you see him fit in? Well, he didn't pitch last year. That's a big thing, right? He pitched uh, two. He made two starts in the World Baseball Classic in March, and then he didn't pitch again all season. So, uh, to ask him to come in and be a difference maker off the top is is really ambitious. Um, I've never seen him pitch, so I don't really have an opinion of him. The numbers in Japan uh, as a reliever are off the charts, which makes things really interesting. But the Blue Jays. Uh, just spoke to John Schneider and said they're committed to having him be a starter. And if you're committed to stretching him out and having him be a starter, that means the major leagues is probably Victoria day at the earliest. Um, Unless somebody gets hurt and they feel like they have to rush him up and stretch him out of the major leagues, which I think we've seen is, is a big mistake and it's really tough to do. So um, I, I do think he can definitely be a contributor to this team. Uh, and I think having him for five years is terrific. And having a, a guy his age when, you know, most of your starting rotation is over 30 mm-hmm. is terrific as well. But 
you know, we'll find out. Can he pitch in the major leagues? Can, um, you know, are there, is there anything now that you get a real chance to look under the hood? Is there anything going on there? Uh, but you have to be really, really, really careful with a guy who did not. Uh, and it wasn't health related. He didn't pitch at all last year because he, he wanted to become a free agent and become available in North America. And that's what happened. But it's a big deal to take a year off. So um, I'm excited to, to see him. I, I'm not sure that I'll get a chance to see him throw because they're going to be so careful with him. Um, but you know, this is a guy who could maybe be uh, a help to this team after the all-star break. Mike Wilner, Toronto star deep left field podcast. Before we get to the podcast, just a couple of questions on pitching. We know the top three, we know what they are and who they can be. And uh, in the sense of the bullpen though, Mike, how much do you think a healthy Chad green will be a factor uh, this season for the blue Jays? I think he's huge. I think he'll be huge. Um, and, uh, you know, he steps in and he will, um, he, he has the potential to do what Jordan Hicks did for them over the last two months of last season. Chad Green uh, has been one of the best relievers in Major League Baseball for like five years until he got hurt. Um, and even last year, he had a couple of little dips mm-hmm. coming back from Tommy John surgery, but was. Uh, really, really effective, far, far, far more often than not. So um, I think they don't miss a beat with Chad Green in there, uh, Green and Eric Swanson to set up Jordan Romano, and you've got Jimmy Garcia and Tim Meza still back there. This is, uh, again, if it stays healthy, has a chance to be a really, really good bullpen. The thing about bullpens is they're often really volatile mm-hmm. and often – there are huge swings in performance from year to year among relievers, but this group, and I, I feel like, you know, I shouldn't even put this out into the universe, but but this group has been as consistent a group of relievers as you're going to find. Um, those top five, anyway, you know, you get into the Genesis Cabreras of the world, you really have no idea what you're going to get uh, out of that. Trevor Richards, Mitch White, but those top five, those guys are reliable and dependable and um, and really, really effective. Mm-hmm. Where do you see Ricky Tiedemann? If you were to lay some cash down, does Ricky Tiedemann make the opening day roster? I would bet my house, your house, <laughs> and the house of everyone I know that Ricky Tiedemann does not make the opening day roster. Okay, does not. No, absolutely okay. not. No. Ricky How Tiedemann, close is he? How close? Not very. I mean, uh, you know, he, he was hurt a lot last year. Uh, he's 20 years old, I think. Um, he hasn't built up his innings as a professional at all. And I, I hope that the Blue Jays have learned a lesson with the, with the way they brought up Alec Manoa so quick after only pitching 35 innings in the minors. He was in the major leagues. And boy, did it ever work for two years. But uh, then it stopped. So, uh, you know, Ricky Tiedemann needs innings. Ricky Tiedemann needs to have success. Ricky Tiedemann needs to, have, to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that um, I think the earliest you're going to see him is August, and it would be out of the bullpen to, to um, sort of finish off the innings that, that they've set up for him for this year. You know, start him in the minors and start him in double-A, triple-A and get a good 15 starts there and then 
Uh, you let him let him throw his last 25 innings of the year in the big leagues. I mm-hmm. think that's if he stays healthy and effective. I think that's the way it'll be. But remember, um, there's no such thing as a pitching prospect. It's important to remember how we were talking about Nate Pearson in 2019 and 2020 and 2021. And now we just talked about the bullpen and didn't mention him at all. So, you know, um, you you hope that he'll have greater success. You hope that he's not going to run into the injury roadblocks that Pearson did, but it's already started. So um, as exciting a pitcher as Ricky Tiedemann is, you just just can't have expectations of pitching prospects. You just can't. Hey, Mike, can the schedule be any tougher to start? Four in Tampa Bay, three in Houston, and then three in New York. Coming out of this 500, you'd be pretty happy, wouldn't you? Wouldn't it be great if they came out of it seven and three? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, Look, it it's would gonna be. be tough. It's tough. It's tough to start the first couple of weeks on the road two years in a row. They've done it this year and last because of the renovations to Rogers Center both years. It's not going to be easy by any means. Is it not going to be easy? But... If you're expecting to be one of the best teams in the league, you got to beat the best teams in the league as well, or at least hold your own against them. So, yeah, I, I think that a five and five road trip to open the season is fine. Maybe even four and six is fine, given that it's all on the road and given the opponents. Mm-hmm. But certainly, that's not what the fans are going to be uh, looking for. Mike Wilner, what's cooking to start off on the first drop? I guess from FLA on the Deep Left Field podcast. That's a really good question. Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, that's tough because it drops tomorrow. So I'm going to be wandering around camp here, and I'll try to uh, get some time with a couple of people, um, maybe a Danny Jansen, uh, maybe a Jordan Romano, maybe uh, something like that. But, you know, now that the pitchers and catchers are here, I'm going to see if I can bump into DeMarlo Hale. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be a lot of – there's a lot of potential – for tomorrow's episode of Deep Left Field, uh, we don't we don't know uh, what potential will be fulfilled quite yet. But whatever it is, it's going to be from here. It's going to be, uh, you know, in in a, in a land <laughs> where baseball is at the f- forefront, which it hasn't been for a very long time. And it will involve a couple of your favorite Blue Jays, I'm sure. Well, you could just run the whole podcast with Danny, couldn't you? I mean, I could. Yeah, yeah. I could. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll be looking forward to it again. Really, uh, really jealous that you're down there, Mike. Uh, it's hopefully a great year for Blue Jays baseball and can't wait for it to get going uh, at the, uh, well, March 28th is the uh, season opener in Tampa Bay. Thanks a lot for doing this, Mike. Appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks. All right. That's Mike Wilner from the Toronto Star and Deep Left Field podcast uh, and elevate your game brought to you by ram elevators and lifts manufacturing the safest elevator since 1987 trust ram.com can't get here fast enough duke opening day i always look forward to it as those first couple and baseball obviously the season is mm-hmm. so long you you get geared up and then you're like so into it for the first little bit and then maybe as the nhl and nba playoffs get going you kind of fade baseball into the background for a little bit but then as soon as the stanley cup and uh, larry o'brien trophy is are yeah. handed out it's like all right back in full war for pretty much the rest of the summer right because there's obviously not a, a lot uh, else on so march 20 there's some uh, a couple of games earlier in uh korea but 28 29 29th is i believe um 29th i believe is good friday so you know good friday i mean ooh. 
A guy will be off Good Friday, so a guy can put the legs up and watch ball all day on Good Friday. So that's going to be an exciting day. But can't wait for baseball. It's a, it's an exciting time of the year. Uh, when we come back, we will have a little uh, open text time. Got a couple of them coming in. one 833 some news from the NHL as well. Big news, I guess you could say. That's coming up right after the break on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, breaking news. While we were uh, right in the middle of the Mike Wilner, Toronto Star and Deep Left Field podcast interview from the uh, Toronto Blue Jays and the breaking news out of the NHL. Columbus Blue Jackets have relieved Yarmo Kekalainen of his general manager duties and John Davidson with uh, the rest of the cast and crew takes over as interim GM as the club will search for a replacement. Uh, Columbus just off to, well, just not off, having an abysmal, an abysmal season. The Blue Jackets are last in the Eastern Conference with just 42 points, 16 wins, 26 Six losses, uh, 10 ties for 42 points, now four back of Ottawa. Only teams in the NHL with a, a poor record, Anaheim, San Jose, and Chicago. So Columbus just hasn't been able to get anything going for a number of years, and Kekalainen has been at the helm for all of those years. But he is out of a job, had one more year left on his contract. John Davidson takes over. The search begins Uh would it be a guy like uh, Matthew Darsh, who's the Tampa Bay Lightning Director of Hockey Operations? His name always seems to surface when uh, jobs like this are up. Matthew Darsh been in Tampa Bay and kind of kind of sought after by a few clubs last year when teams had openings. But uh, Matthew Darsh, you will hear his name surface in the next little... Who knows if they you know run the season out the way it is, but... A lot of teams don't let other, you know, um, executives uh, disappear at this time of the season either, and especially around the trade deadline because it's a tough situation. But Yarmo Kekalainen out in Columbus, John Davidson in on an interim basis, and the Columbus Blue Jackets flailing. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau's got, oh, he's at 9.75, he's 30 years old. Looks like he's on the downswing of his career. Their highest next player on the active roster is Jack Roslovich. Uh, he's an unrestricted free agent at four mil. You would think they're going to try to move him, but the way he's playing, you're going to get next to nothing, next to nothing for him. Other trade targets for Columbus at the deadline would be uh, Boone Jenner, their captain. Do they want to let him go? Probably not. He's a decent contract at 3.75. Uh, Zach Wierenski's locked up well into the end of the decade. He's their number one uh, man on the blue line. They've also got a, like a guy like Damon Severson. I mean, 6.25 million. That's way, way too much for a guy like Damon Severson. So they've got a lot of contracts that don't make a lot of sense. And all those contracts were given by Yarmo Kekalainen. Uh, we'll do a deeper dive with this at uh, 8 o'clock with uh, Mark Spector and then obviously at 8.20 with uh, Frank Saravelli. And what about Elvis? Elvis Merzitlans. Think he's coming here, Duke? What was the, who's Where's the, Mick? Mick, text in. You got, missed, Mick's got to be happy about You this. missed it. You missed it, oh, Kev. So, uh, so we talked about it yesterday. Um for a good few minutes, kind of basically just saying, Mick, like, listen, right. this isn't this isn't happening, buddy. The Oilers have no interest in, yes. in Elvis Merzlikens. He texts back in again at the end of the show, Did the he? exact same thing, and then continued to text in during Fantasy Frenzy. And I just rep- I replied to him. I said, Mick, like, we talked about it. Like, no what, what do you want it. from us? Were you listening to the show? 
He says, no, I wasn't listening. <laughs> but he kept, he wasn't listening to the show, but kept texting in the same thing on well, repeat. Pull it together. Well, I said 10 times. I'm, okay, well, whoa, okay, 10, 10 single points, overtime losses, shootouts. Just getting roasted for saying ties. Yikes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of people, the, the bigger reaction, I guess, with Yarmo Kekalainen, when you just do a, like over the break, did a quick dive, everyone's going like, what took so long? I mean, he's been at the helm here for, for a while where, um, it's been a rudderless ship in Columbus. They have had very little to no success. It's almost like a surprise that Johnny Gaudreau wanted I, for him to go there. Calgary offered more money to stay, you know, Philadelphia Jersey was in the mix. I don't know why he wanted to go to Columbus. Don't know why. At the time of the signing, it had almost everybody in the hockey world kind of scratching their head and saying, Columbus? And not a knock against them because, man, when that team's good, like the crowd's great, they fire the cannon inside Nationwide Arena there. Uh, But it it didn't make sense because the reason Goudreau said he wanted to leave Calgary was to be closer to home. Well... Columbus yeah. isn't really that close to uh, to North Philly, South Jersey area, right? Where where he's from, I believe. So it, it didn't make any sense, mm-hmm. but uh, apparently the fit was was good enough for him. But I think both team and uh, player are maybe regretting that union a little bit right now based yeah. on the dollars, based on the years, and certainly based on the production. Bad captain comes in and says, Columbus and Calgary are in the same position. Not sure I agree I, with that. I don't, well, for, I don't understand it to start with. So you're saying that they want to get rid of some players in Calgary that are come, you know, pending UFAs, as in Noah Hannafin, as in Chris Tanev. I, I, they're not even close to being in the same position. So kind of don't agree with that bad captain, like, but like, maybe explain yourself a little bit better. A lot, lot of expiring contracts with Columbus too, but most of them are RFAs, young players. Yeah. And... Uh, Almost all them guys, I think they're going to want to keep in the in the in the mix. Chinnikov, Bemstrom, uh, Cole Salinger, Kirill Marchenko, Kent Johnson, yeah, Alex. That's Texier. their young core. Like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, where where do we think that if this is a team that's kind of maybe going to continue to retool on the fly? I don't think those are players you're moving out the door, and none of them are going to be due for huge raises, right? I mean, all <laughs> they're all coming off their LS, ELCs. Every time I look at Elvis's contract, I go. Why would anyone even think that they would want a guy like I, that? I I don't understand either, I, Kev. It's just amazing. We, we want to the, the, and going back to mix point for anybody that might have missed it. It's like he people want to move out Jack Campbell. How much of an upgrade <laughs> are you getting in Elvis Merzlikens for more money and mm-hmm. more years? Yeah, one more year. You know, there was a guy that was on when Tyler Benson when the Oilers drafted Tyler Benson. I kind of. I went. You know what? They don't. They don't. They don't need Tyler Benson right now, at that point in the draft. And and it was a lay. Uh, sorry, early second round uh, draft pick. And I always was I, at that point. I was always. It seemed I was watching a lot of Notre Dame hockey. And Andrew Peak, he's been on the blue line for uh, several years now in Columbus. Um, had some injury problems early on, but he's a right shot defenseman. He's bigger. He had a decent game here against the Oilers, but I always went, there's the guy that you would want to, like, the Oilers, that's what they needed at the time. That's eight years ago in the draft, and he he was picked two picks behind Tyler Benson at 34. Um, he's turned into a reliable, third-pairing kind of defenseman. 
And I always kind of looked at him going, that's kind of a guy that the Oilers could have got. I, and there's talk that he's on the trade deadline, trade block too, but, I mean, he's at 2.75, three more years. Why do you want to – that's a uh, that's a team-friendly contract. Why do you want to get rid of a guy like that? Uh, when we come back, it'll be Mark Spector and then Frank Saravalli. we got lots to talk about with what's going on in Columbus. And then uh, Ladislav Schmid will be with us as well. Uh, before that, time now for – a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Tommy Guns, home of the ultimate grooming experience. Our hot towel shaves, awesome haircuts and treatments were designed for you. Book now at TommyGuns.com. Here is the Duke.